The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey guys, welcome to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. It is coming up on Christmas. The big day with the big man in the red suit. Oh, so not Christmas. Oh, no, I was talking about when my Uncle Gary came back. Oh, fine, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Yeah, yeah, the car salesman. Love that guy. Rural Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Gare. Gare, Gare Bear. Gare Bear is quite... He's a trip, man. Yeah. He's a trip. Imagine, um, what's the... Oh, no. Randy Quaid's character from Christmas Vacation. Eddie. Eddie. Uncle Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Uh, full. <laughs> hey, Clark. <laughs> full. Oh, love it. Love it. Good um, What are you asking for for Christmas, James? Uh, world peace. Um, I didn't know you were competing for Miss America. Do you... Don't know a lot about me. That's There's fair. a lot of things yeah. that are, are, would be surprising to you oh. if you saw them on my Christmas wish list. Uh, what am I asking for? Um, a starting spot in the 2019-95? I don't even think Uncle Gary can guarantee you that. No, that one we've got to earn. That's fair enough. Um, what am I asking for? Come on, there's got to be something on the top of your list that you want Becky to check twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, DJI make a pocket Osmo. Oh, I thought you were going to say like the Phantom 4. Well, yeah. Like a drone would be cool, but like... I would like a drone. I would like one, but I feel like I wouldn't use it enough to justify it. Who cares? It's I a know. Christmas gift. You're That's not true. having to buy it. That's true. It's just, yeah, I would. So like I was on, I was looking at drones yeah. and that's how I came across the pocket Osmo. And I feel like I've got a normal Osmo. Okay. So it's almost stupid to get another one. What would you use that for? Though? Just to step out the truck. Like, like I wouldn't necessarily be doing a lot of the filming. I feel like that's like a team purchase, though. Yeah, but I know my team's not going to purchase it. Yeah, that. but I wouldn't waste a Christmas gift okay. from Uncle Gary. Uh, I want a bottle of 23-year Pappy Van Winkle. That makes sense. That's, that's on my choice, Christmas yeah. wish list. Dude. I mean, if the 23 is not available, I'll take the 15, the 12, the 10, old rip, whatever. Isn't there a 20 as well? There's a 20, but uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Alex. I got one of those sitting on the shelf. Oh, that was your prize for not making the Indy 500. That's correct. <laughs> okay. Let's go full circle. Awesome. What's on your Christmas wish list, jerk? I mean, Alex? I want a rope. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those nice ones. Like a, a like, rope? A robe. Robe, sorry. Robe. House Canadians. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Like a, so are you talking like like Hugh Hefner's silk nice or like no, big, fluffy, see, comfy, like Canadian that. nice? No, see, I'm very specific because I don't want to get out of the shower and put on a robe and still feel wet. So it can't be too soft. It's got to be a terry, okay. like a nice terry robe. Right. Because I want it to substitute using a towel. But I don't think that's like the uh, the direct intention or purpose of a robe. Yeah, but that's... You're supposed to like towel off first. Yeah, you're, but, you're not supposed to have to dry your house coat. 
after you use it. Yeah, but you hang it up, so it does the same thing. No, I know, but you hang it up because you're not supposed to, like, well, you gotta leave it on the floor. Well, you could fold it and put it away. Yes, nobody does that. Well, exactly. They hang it to dry. They don't hang it to dry. Oh. That's, not, what? That's the weirdest thing I have ever heard. Well, yeah. So I go, want that. Just go from the towel and then just transition slightly drier into the house coat. And then you don't have to put clothes on. You can walk around your house without pants if you want, but like, you should be dry when you put it on. That seems like a lot of laundry. Like an, wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess. That's um, thing. Anything else, or just the weird towel? Color? I mean, I would also like a drone. Yeah. Like a like a like a phantom, phantom forty. Like, okay, you want the insane ones? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, for all of the you know masterpieces of yeah. cinematography all, all this quality cinematic, that I produce cinematic on a masterpieces. daily basis. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's great because I live in downtown Indianapolis, which is a no-fly zone for drones. Right. So I wouldn't be able to use it. Correct. But it'd be cool in the house. It would trip my dog out. I was going to say, what would happen is once you turned it off, Brunner would just chew it and yeah. it would be done. So I was in Phoenix filming um, some stuff and mm. a buddy of mine had a drone. And, um, well, we hit it with a Hellcat. <clears throat> yeah, no, we all saw the video. Did you? Yeah. Who, who showed you? It was on somebody's Instagram. I think oh, it was like, on the guy yeah, filming yeah, yeah. Instagram. Um, it was pretty funny. Pretty sad. That was you driving? No. Oh, okay. I was in the, the car, though. Okay. Yeah. Made quite a noise. Yeah, I know. I bet. Yeah. I mean, at like 60 miles an hour. But do you want to know what's cool? We created a GoFundMe for mm-hmm. Little Doodle, and he raised the money back. There so, you go. Thank you, generous people. Thank you, friends of the IndyCar world. Um, and if you want to uh, send us a drone, James's address is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can send it to uh, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports, care of James Hinchcliffe, 6803 Kaufman Road, Indianapolis, 46268. Uh, you can send the drone or the bourbon to that address. That'd be terrific. Um, well, one thing that doesn't have to be on your Christmas wish list, Alex, uh, is something that you already got. Maybe Christmas came a little early. God, uh, I wish you guys could see the blank stare on his face. What I'm referring to was the announcement last week that you will be doing the Daytona 24-hour race and Sebring? Yes. Oh, and I know you're talking the about the Acura Penske prototype. DPI. Boom. Machine. That's um, pretty... Yeah, it's cool. Pretty special, man. It's pretty cool. I, um, I've always... I've competed in, like, now three endurance races. Le Mans, Daytona, Baja. And never was I in, like, a class, like, for an overall victory. Right. Like, I was always going for class wins. Right. So, the fact to, that I get to do that um, with Acura and, and actually... Be in with a shot to maybe add that to the resume. Yeah, cool. I mean, safe to say that's an organization that's in a car that's yeah. probably uh, very, very capable of winning that race. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. A couple um, teammates that aren't, you know, crap at their job, so that helps. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm in the car with uh, Elio and Ricky, so it'll be nice to learn how to qualify mm-hmm. from Elio because, you know, he Dude, is the pole man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I was talking to Graham about he's it. He's like, he's been on Dancing with the Stars, and he gets a lot of polls. Is he the pole dancer? Oh my god, that's so funny. That was a, oh, that was a stretch. I'm sorry. Stripper jokes are great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, I mean, Elio, I think, is is probably one of the best qualifiers out there. Mm-hmm. At least in, definitely in North America. Mm-hmm. Probably rivaling, like, Will. Will Power. So uh, it'll be cool, and, and definitely I'm, I'm looking forward to learning from them, and and obviously, uh, working with an organization like Team Penske will be a, a cool opportunity. Um, and hopefully I can, you know, get some secrets on how to beat them in, in IndyCar this year. So I got to ask, because everybody's wondering. Yeah. 
was like was Michael kind of no was Michael kind of like oh no honestly like Andretti Autosport all credit to them they've been super supportive of my extracurricular activities this winter um, because I didn't decide to do a TV show with Connor Daly um, I was like well, this was your reward yes we'll let you drive anything yes. just don't go to any weirdest place you went uh, uh don't Africa. go milk camels in the yes. desert this year. Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So they they've been awesome within. Obviously, you know their their number one priority is you know they are always like well you know good luck go try and win but be safe type of thing. So um, you know as much as, as this is a great opportunity, uh, the focus is still on 2019 and, and trying to win a championship for those boys. Very, very cool. Yeah, man. I wish you were doing Daytona because then we could have. Off track with Hinch and Rossi, live on Daytona, scene, Daytona edition. edition. Well, maybe we should still do one. I mean, even even if we, you could be our on on the scene remote reporter, yes. checking into the race. Let's do that. We know what we should do would be actually kind of funny. We're gonna put this up on our uh, Twitter. We're gonna see if you guys like this idea. We're gonna pull the audience here. We want to see if every time Alex gets out of the car. We call him and get a, a short update from that stint and where in the race he's at and what's happening. And then we'll compile them all together and we'll be able to hear in real, like, you know, in succession, the tone of your voice and how things are changing for you throughout the, the 24 hours. That's interesting because you make it sound like I have a different tone of voice. That's true. You only have one, regardless of your mood. Uh, right. it's, it's called mono. That's the tone. No, it's called Monotone. consistent. Anyway, it's called predictability. We'll, go, um, we'll ask the audience. So the, if you guys want to hear, you know, a, a stint by stint recap of the twenty four, uh, vote yes. If not, vote no. Either way, Thim's we'll still the, probably do it. Thim's the one that's going to have to get out for your three a.m. shifts because I'm I'm sure not going to do that. So he's going to call you for those. Just throwing that out there. I mean, I I feel like he'll probably be awake. He'll probably be doing it from Barney's. Yes, well, that's great. I encourage that. Well, guys, we've got a uh, great episode coming up for you. Someone. Um, you'll definitely be familiar with and someone that has nothing to do with IndyCar racing but if you've been in a racetrack you may have met them that is true we look forward to this interview back to the interviews it's been a while it has been a while it has been a while it's good that Tim finally actually did his job and got us a guest I mean I feel like he made the call but like you was kind of I f yeah I feel you like, know what I mean it wasn't yeah. like a one to cold call what a cold call. You know, like we... Right. There's an existing... I feel like there of, was some groundwork. There was some laid. groundwork that yeah. had been laid for some time. Anyway, we'll get to that interview right after this. Hey, guys. Small favor to ask from us here at Off Track. Because let's be honest, you owe us one. True. Now, because of some algorithms, which is computer talk for stuff that we don't understand at all, podcasts depend on good ratings and reviews. So if you're listening to this podcast, and if you like even just a little bit hearing what we have to say, or, or even just tolerating us in general, go to iTunes today, give us a rating, preferably five stars. If there's an option for six stars without Tim, do that, and leave a little comment. That would be tremendous. Thank you for that. And now we'll get back to the show. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. So glad you're with us. I'm Alexander Rossi. Uh, and I'm not. I'm the other guy. I'm the hinge part of that. You're the older. Um, Better looking. More Canadian. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Oh. Both of us are better than Tim. 
Everybody's Thanks, better. Thanks, so guys. I mean, that it's means quite, it's quite okay. Unfortunately, um, we are joined by producer Thim. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're evidently offending our guests with uh, making fun of them. You ain't seen nothing yet. Um, wow. <laughs> Just so, wow. Speaking this of guests, um, this is a guest that I think, you know, not only did James get to know James's family and friends, um, but also all of America. I think they got to know um, James and the person that has so kindly taken time out of their day to join this very ridiculous operation that we try and call <laughs> and market as a podcast we try and pass off loosely as a podcast yes america has got to know got to know her uh over the last six or seven years uh on a hit reality television show the amazing race uh yeah great show wait what <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sometimes it feels like it <laughs> Right. So we get our shows. Uh, we get our shows. I mean, um, at least I didn't finish. We are, uh, of course, <laughs> talking about Dancing with the Stars, and the person who needs no introduction is, and I get to say this now for the first time on record, reigning mirror ball champion, Miss Sharna Burgess. Welcome to the show. Yes! Thanks for having me, guys. Holy crap, I finally won the thing, and it took seven years. <laughs> took almost as long to get this podcast recording this morning. Yes, almost, almost, but not quite. That one definitely takes the cake. So, I mean, talk us through that. Uh, you said seven years kind of in the making. What was the emotion like when it finally all came good? Um, I mean, honestly, it was complete and utter shock, right? So this was not the mirror ball. This was not the season that I went into thinking, oh, yeah, we we have a shot at this. We're definitely going to win this. So that week one happened and I thought, man, week three week four and then week three week four happened I thought oh no we could make the final because people love this guy but by no mind by no means did I uh think that Bobby and I were going to win that mirror ball like guys we didn't we didn't do our steps right most of the time you know what I mean there was there was a lot of things missing but what he did have was so much personality and heart and I think he just connected to people in a completely different way he's very human and very um very open uh, and something about our fans this season, they wanted to see the underdog really take it home because a lot of the time we've seen the best, the genuinely the best dancer, the one with the dance training take it home. You know, that happened to Hinch and I in our season. It was Laurie Hernandez, who was a gymnast with dance training, even though, you know, I felt like we were the ones that represented what Dancing with the Stars was about. So something changed this season and the fans of the show and the people wanted to see something different. And uh, it was a complete and utter shock. They called out, listen, I thought the highlight of our night was going to be getting three tens for our, uh, our freestyle. And then they went and gave us a mirror ball and I had no idea what to do with myself. I was <laughs> just standing in the middle of the floor like, what just happened? I believe I was saying to Bobby, shaking my hands and my head saying, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what's happening. So it was, uh, it was amazing, to be honest. It was really, really cool. How did how did Bobby take it? I mean, going into the night, like where was his head at? And then in that moment, was he like, yeah, me neither? Or was he like, yeah, no, obviously this is what was always going to happen. He was, I think he might have even been more shocked than I was. He had his hands on his head, his face, his jaw just dropped to the floor. His eyes went wide and he was just trying to process the whole thing. Uh, we backed away from each other. Like we won, we initially reacted and then we backed away from each other and we were just staring at each other thinking, how is this possible? Literally everyone in the final is better than us. Everybody in the <laughs> final is better than us. How are we standing here with Tom and Aaron giving us a mirror ball? It was the most bizarre thing. Um, but I, what, what a season to win. You know, there have been seasons where 
I've had definitely the best uh, the best dancer or the biggest shot or gone into it really thinking it was going to be. So I think the shock on this win also made it kind of extra special in a sense, you know? So I, forgive me, I don't know um, who, who Bobby is. Who's Bobby? What, is, what did Bobby do? What is Bobby's Bobby Bones? <laughs> Bobby Bones started in radio back in Austin when he was about 18, 19, and okay. he has done all different types of music, but he landed in the country music world and he's now in Nashville. He has one of the biggest shows on radio. Every morning he's got 5 million listeners uh, listening to him for five hours about his life and everything that's going on. Yeah, he's same here now... on Off Track. I think it's roughly yeah, the kind I mean, of audience. Five million, million, right? Something oh, he like gets that. Um, that's cute, that's cute. But beyond that, he's a really... the he's a really powerful man in the world of country music. There's been a lot of new artists that he's broken their songs. Uh, a lot of things that he predicts happen. Uh, I think it was Forbes that named him the most powerful man in country music right now, which is really, really huge. And he's also a full-time mentor this coming season on American Idol. So he's doing amazing things paired with the fact that he's just a good human. You know, he's, refreshingly very real and honest sometimes to the point where i was like dude did you really say that on your radio show yesterday <laughs> right like there are some things people just don't need to know but he there is no filter and nothing that he won't tell people and i think people really love that about him it's refreshing you know so i have a question and i can ask it because james isn't asking it so bobby had i mean a musical background whether it was yes. dance related or not it's still a musical background james yes. on the other hand mm -hmm. um had no such thing. Yes. And so, like, what was the progression like watching him versus, you know, the person you won with? And, and obviously, we all think that James and you should have won as well. But yeah, what was the... Let's like... just say we did win. Let's just put, let's just, yeah, let's just yeah. say we won. This is my second mirable. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Um, and James can finally claim that. Yeah. Suck it, Elio. <laughs> Suck it. But I'm just so curious because, like, when he, when he started it, obviously, he was you know, there was a lot of unknowns going into it. And how how was his progression? Because I don't think any of us have really talked about that. Like from, from day one to where he ended being this dancer that we all kind of got our minds blown by every week. Was that due to just his personality or his innate competitiveness? Or does he actually have a talent for, you know, knowing musical notes? And rhythm. <laughs> so here's the the really fascinating thing about James. Hi, babe. We're just going to talk about you for yeah, a second. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just let myself you just, out. You, yeah. just, you just sit there. You just sit there. Here's the really fascinating thing about James, and I think people in your industry, you have a completely different understanding of movement and momentum, right? right. So when I was teaching James, it wasn't a visual. It wasn't a feeling. It was the physics of dance. It was centrifugal force. It was understanding where to put the power in your big toe to be able to make you turn that corner, to be able to move with me in front of you, glued to you, so we become one, right? Like you and your car. So the thing for us was the the Latin styles, right? We didn't really do the salsa and we didn't really do the samba because we didn't have that kind of a groove. But them what them hips don't name, move. That's fair. My hips yeah. do yeah. lie. Yeah, yes. they do lie a Every lot. Time. They big, <laughs> big fat lies. Um, but when it came to things like ballroom, I believe our first dance was Foxtrot. And I remember texting our casting director, Dina, and I was like, oh my God, this guy has got something. This is fascinating the way that he can learn and move. And I was then fascinated about the way to teach him. So when we were learning, James would 
want to know and need to know what percentage of weight was in his back foot to his right foot, where he was sort of lowering into his leg to generate the power to move forward, where his head needed to be to keep the outside edge of the energy, that centrifugal force. And because he could understand those things, I could actually teach him how to dance and how to lead and how to move. Um, you know what I mean? It's like... Well, it's, it's mind boggling it, because like everything, I guess, that you see performed at a high level, you don't understand... The, For sure. what goes into it like i've never heard someone explain dancing having to do with centrifugal force yes and keeping momentum on the outside of your body like that just doesn't compute when you yeah. think about it correct that was no, it no one no one else understands that momentum and even if they understand oh the word centrifugal force yeah i've read the definition of that in the dictionary you guys live with understanding momentum that is the science of it and so the science of dance became the way that we learned um and it was fascinating for me. So it was, it's honestly my favorite way to have taught someone. Um, but not everybody can understand that information. Sure. So then I have to go back to someone like Bobby, for example. Uh, he just needed repetition of over and over the process. There was no visual for him. It was just repetition. He needed to be able to do it with his eyes closed to remember it. Other people need to learn by watching me do it so they can visually copy it. Uh, everybody's a little bit different, but uh, James is definitely unique to anybody else. He is. He is something. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's the nicest way that's ever been yep. said. To me. Um, but yeah. no, um, so if if that was kind of like the big surprise, you know, in 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 lesson one with with me was the fact that I understood, you know, those those things and and could apply them to dance. What was the biggest surprise with Bobby? What was something that just kind of like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming with him. The, honestly, the, and this is not even saying this in a funny way, the biggest surprise for me was when we got to the first show on Monday night and this whole other person came out because Bobby in the room when I was teaching him was was silent. There was no energy in the room. He was silent. He was really, really tough on himself. He, When I say he wouldn't speak, he wouldn't speak. He would either nod his head or say nothing. And that meant I knew he didn't understand what was going on. And so in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, he hates every single part of this. But really the truth is he was just so hard on himself and so determined to get better that that was what he was doing. And he just wanted the repetition um it's sort of his motto right fail until you don't that's how he's done anything he self-proclaimed says that he's not talented at a single thing he just works harder than everyone else to learn it that was very much him in the room so then we get to monday and as much as i've tried to push for personality as much as i've tried to push for performance i've had none of it in the rehearsal room cut to our drive on monday night my arms nearly got pulled out of my socket and all of a sudden i was looking at this other human that i was dancing with that had his mouth wide open and he was personality plus and he was living and loving life out there on that stage and then i don't know if you saw it but at the end of the dance he was so excited so genuinely excited that he was able to get through the dance he celebrated before the last move i was in a backbend still in a backbend as he started to celebrate nearly came out of my dress came up but like just <laughs> I had no idea what was happening it was the most funny thing I've ever had happen to me on live television he started running around the room like a chicken with his head cut off jumping up and down fell over at some point and I was just like just trying to stop him and calm him down to take him over to Tom and Aaron it was the one of the most surprising things I've happened in all my seasons on Dancing with the Stars um has anyone, I, this might be inappropriate to ask, has anyone ever dropped you? Like, has that happened? Not. Do people get dropped? Did in, you drop her? 100%. Like, not during a performance. No. When did you drop me? Um, it was practicing, it was rehearsing for 
The <gasps> clearly, wait, clearly he wasn't very jitterbug. good at it. Was the yes, jitterbug. yes, yes, yes. The I think I have video of that still. I um, I dropped it. It was like it was uh, like a, a lift catch flip over oh. maneuver. Didn't and you accidentally sit on my head? Wasn't it something like that? That was that was also same different day, same dance. Um, but yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> yes, there was that moment. Is there but video no, of that as I well? I remember. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, no, there is. But no, the the one where I dropped you proper was uh, was in that move, and I like oh, the freaked waterfall. out that I dropped. Yeah, I freaked out that I dropped you, and then the producer was like straight in my face with the camera, like, "Mason, so how do you feel? Like, are you, are you nervous now about doing this?" And Sharon went up, went up to her and like pulled him aside, like, "You can't do that. Now he's not going to want to do the move. You're going to freak him out." Like, yeah, Don't you can't make a big like deal. That. You just have to go again. Yeah, yeah I remember no, you, that. You landed pretty hard. I felt pretty bad with that one. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, you did. I could yeah. see it in your face. You had yeah, total panic. Um, but uh, that's honestly, I haven't been dropped ever really badly. And I'm pretty ballsy when it comes to lifts, especially when I have like football players, right, that I know are just super strong. You know, they've got you and they're so reactive with a ball that even if I fall, they're going to catch me mm. at some in some sort yeah, of way. It, it might be messy, but you won't hit the ground. But they'll catch me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I have a good instinct to not do things that are going to put me in too much danger. Do you know what I mean? So I always know that I'm good. Uh, but yeah, there's always a couple of moments where you think, oh gosh, have we got this? I don't know if we've got this. I don't know if we've got this. This might be tough. <laughs> so if you weren't dancing now, like, I'm, yes. well, let's take a step back. How did this all begin? Because you you were doing a lot of other things pre-television show, pre-dancing uh, yeah, I mean, it was always dance, though. Yeah. Uh, since I was a kid, it was always dance. It was always going to be dance. I mean, at some point when I was a kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist because I thought that meant you got to swim with dolphins. Fair. <laughs> I, I also wanted it to be that. It doesn't not. Because that's what it I was going to retire and do. That. I thought we were just going to go play with Flipper. <laughs> I think you get to play with kelp. <laughs> that was, mm. yeah, <laughs> that was my number one dream. <sighs> Still devastated that didn't happen. Um, but it was always going to be dance. I love the arts and I love creating and I love entertaining. So it was always going to be that. I think at some point my career is going to transition from dance because, you know, at some point it has to in age. Uh, but I think James that will lead me that. more into. Yeah, no, I already retired yeah. from dance. I was already too old for that. Stuff. Oh no, I was talking about the, the racing. No, you weren't. We're going to bring you back you out of retirement at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but Good it on. was, I think for me, it's going to end up being more uh, like acting. There's a couple of Broadway options for me um, that are coming. Well, they're workshop to Broadway, so they're not guaranteed, but they're original plays, which is amazing because that means you're eligible for a Tony. Um, and that's a dream that I never knew I could have, but it's now a new dream of mine. Um, and I think hosting, to be honest, I love talking. I love talking to people. I love uh, talking about life and current events and politics and all, all the things. Nothing. There's nothing I don't want to talk about. So I think one day I'd love to have my own talk show. One day. What what, what kind of dream. style of talk show are we talking? Is it like a, like a night I like a late was, night show I, or like are we talking an Oprah kind of show? Like an Ellen kind of show? What are we talking here? I I don't know if I'm funny enough to have a late night show like that. There's just like I'm funny accidentally, you know. But those <laughs> unintentionally those, funny. Those, unintentionally funny sometimes but those shows are just they're they're brilliant the people that the guys that are hosting them uh but for me i think it would be something like the being something on like the talk or the view or like a panel of really awesome women talking about everything that's happening in the world i would really love to be a part of something like that but i'm i'm years away from that yet i'm i've still got years of dancing left and performing and being on stage and and we'll see where all that stuff goes but 
you know, later in life, that's something I'd love to do. And you've got some other kind of side hustles going on. You've got a, a merch line. You've got um, um, workout videos. Like what, what, what yep. else is kind of happening on the side right now? There's uh, so many things. There is a secret project in the works that was supposed to launch on the 7th, but we're now looking at making that uh, Valentine's Day. I'm not allowed to say what it is yet, but it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, don't I'm worry, gonna... we don't have any listeners. So it's really <laughs> just the four of us. Yeah. <laughs> you can say it. It's uh, it's also going to be a for-purpose company. Uh, so I'm I'm working right now at finding the right foundation and cause that I want my my profits to be donated to, uh, because that's something that I want to do more of in the world. I've had a great career of doing things for me, and now I want to use that platform to do things for other people. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but I do I have my workout video, so I have a whole dance cardio series, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and the reason it came about is because I'm always getting asked what is it about dance and how did I have to, how do I have the self-confidence? Where did it come from? And for me, it came from dance. It came from learning to love my body and what it can do for me. And for all of its strength and curves and all the things that make me unique, it's, it's what's given me this career and, and it's very much a part of who I am. And so that journey came for me through dance and dance is such a beautiful way to find fitness and confidence in yourself at the same time, especially if you don't want to go to the gym and be in front of everybody yet, but you can do it in your own living room or in your bedroom, or you can invite a friend and do it here in your own space. And there's no real access to great dance workouts uh, that are not just boring dance, but something that's a blend between hardcore workouts and dance. So that's what I wanted to create. And it's been amazing. And the response has been incredible. There's been some stories that I get are mothers and daughters that are reconnecting through do it, sharing this moment together and working out together and dancing together and laughing at each other together while they're doing Very it. Cool. And it's it's turned into a whole other experience that I could never have expected. Uh, and that's definitely something I'm passionate about. There's three to four workouts available now. They're on my website, which is shop.shanaburgess.com. Uh, and there's three more getting ready to be released. And on the same site, there's the merch, right? There's the merch that go, it goes with it. There's the bags and the yoga mats and the t-shirts and everything has a female empowerment message to it, uh, which is very much a part of my brand. So, um, but I love it. It's definitely something I enjoy doing and I can't wait to do more of. <laughs> uh, if you had a video, you would see that I spilled my coffee all over Tim. Oh, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. That's really good. He deserves it. <laughs> that normally, that's, normally that's Becky's job. So we thank you for uh, remotely doing that for us. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, um, well, I don't really know that this has anything to do with what we were speaking about. But <laughs> <laughs> now that's a trans. That's a segue if I've ever seen one. Um, so we saw, I saw, the internet saw a picture. You were in, at Marco Andretti's house. Um, yes. When you were out in PA doing some stuff. Like, kind of interested. So ever since, you know, you were partnered with, with James on the show and you've kind of done quite a few different things related to IndyCar and racing. Like, yeah. how have you found that, like, that community, something that you probably didn't have any... Um, you know, real ends with prior to this? I mean, how, how has it embraced you? And are you a fan of racing now? And um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, yes, Indy is a, is a massive uh, family, right? That I had no idea about before James. Uh, and now I'm, I'm definitely a, a fan of racing and be the people that I know and have personal connections with, you know, that's you guys, that's Marco. And I'm, I'm always invested now when races are on. 
and I feel like it did. I feel like the world of indie really did accept me. And uh, when I danced with James and uh, it was a really awesome feeling. And I, I love being able to turn up to the races and people still know who I am, which is really cool. And, <laughs> you know, they still still tell me that we should have won, which I agree with them. But, you know, there's it feels like one big family that I got to be a part of. And I think that that's that's really awesome. You know, all positive, except for having to uh, deal with Tim. Really? Yes, exactly. God, how do you guys do it? I have to live with me, so Mm. I know more than you guys. I know. God, I feel bad for you. (laughs) Trying to think of another way to uh, exclude Thim from the conversation as much as possible. You know, uh, Becky and I, Alex, Kelly, yourself, uh, all proud dog owners. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Tim's the owner of a child, so... That's well, you don't, well, own, you yeah, don't Tim, own children, Tim, Alex. Tim has a child, <laughs> so I'm the parent of a child. <laughs> you you created a child. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, so we're all proud dog lovers, minus Tim, because he's heartless and and won't adopt uh, a nice, beautiful, furry, four legged friend. Tell tell us about Duke and Daisy. Oh, my fur babies! They are the little loves of my life, man. I've had them for what three or four years now, uh, and they are. <laughs> they rule this house. Absolutely. Well, uh, correction. Daisy rules this house. Um, <laughs> Duke just goes along with everything. I think that Daisy is, she's like a human inside that little body. For Absolutely. She manipulates the heck out of me. Um, but Duke is, just, he's like a dog dog. He just wants pats and treats all day long. That's it. Just affection and love all day long. Um, and I don't know what I'd do without them. Honestly, when I travel and I'm, I, I don't have them with me, I miss them all the time. Uh, but then when I come back, Duke is all over me and Daisy gives me the cold shoulder. She won't look at me for about a good three to four hours. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, you're back. Oh, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Well, we've been here all like, along taking care of ourselves. Yeah, Thank we've you very been much. here so. until she like creeps over for some love. Um, but and when I'm packing a suitcase, she tries to get in it, which is the cutest thing. She she just hates that. They have a they have an instinct, you know. Whenever I'm going through something, they just have this really beautiful instinct. They think dogs are like that, and it's something so special that you can't explain. Uh, and whether you believe in this stuff or not, right? I had my dogs. I was out at my hairstylist, and right next to them, there is this uh, like medicine woman, eagle woman. She's a uh, she's she can not so much speak to dead people, but she just feels the energy and things around her. So take it or leave it for whatever you believe in. But she told me that Daisy and I find each other in every lifetime. Uh, she said she's not always a dog, but she's kind of like a spirit guide ish. Like there's every lifetime Daisy and I find each other. Uh, and Duke is just an added bonus <laughs> this, this lifetime. <laughs> this, sounds like the, this sounds like the plot to the movie Hancock. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yeah, that's, I feel like that Charlie Theron and Will Smith's characters and they were they were immortal. Though. They were immortal, and they they would the world would be destruct uh, would fall apart when they were near each other. They were destructive. That was okay. like Star Wars. They always lovers found that you all separate and they always found well. each other again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think Daisy and I are Star Cross lovers, but you know, I see where you're going with it. Yeah, just, it's know, close. Just, <laughs> just putting it out there. Out there. Okay. Just everywhere. If you could partner, and I and I feel we've talked about this before, but if you could partner with anybody for the next season of Dancing with the Stars, who would it be? Uh, I'm available. Rossi, there you go. Hey, Let's do up? it. Yeah, cool. No. We'll present company ex- excluded. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, otherwise, she'd pick me, obviously. Uh. Uh. I honestly don't know, guys. Like it's it's just. What about Tom uh, Brady? What about Hugh Jackman? 
Hugh Jackman was was the one for forever. You know what I mean? But I feel like if I should just try and be realistic at this point. You know what I mean? Don't know why Sir Hugh would not want to do the show, but okay. <laughs> if you wanted to be realistic. Uh, but I am a fan of... Ryan Reynolds. I don't know. Ryan Reynolds. Oh my God. Yes. Good one. Fine. We're not being, we're definitely not being realistic right now. (laughs) That's that's who I want to do. (laughs) Only if he's drinking with him. Anything. Yeah. I just, just, can he just like, like my post on Twitter that has him? Anything. Like whatever. Anything. Um, I would take Ryan Reynolds for sure. Deal. Hmm. Uh, Who wouldn't? Um, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but let's give it a whirl. Who's someone that you would, Def, let's say they had like a returning people season. Who's someone you would definitely not want to dance with again? Returning as in someone that I danced with previously? Yeah. Or, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple. Let's just do There's particularly, there's I'm particularly sure. one. Um, um, I'm just going to guess Andy Dick. No, I love him. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, I love Are him. you just judging he, it based on his name? Tim? No, if you heard he's any not story about Andy Dick, he does have no. things. Like, <laughs> like he does have things. He's but he, No, he wasn't a dick. There, there was, there was a bigger dick. Yeah, there was a bigger James? dick. Um, I shall not name him, but he was. Yeah, that was a really rough season for me. It made me want to quit my job. Okay, all right. So, sure. is there is there someone else? Is there someone that danced with another pro? That you like saw from the outside the, the issues, and you were like, I would definitely never want, never want to have to dance with that person. I mean, there was a couple of those too that have been super difficult, and again, I'm not going to name them. No, there's no, been, there was Damn. no, I can't do it. Come right. on, I can't do it. Uh, well, I'll tell you but, all the people I don't want to drive a race car against. <laughs> Tradesies. I know you don't. You would do that for free. Yeah. <laughs> God, no, I feel like I, I don't want to say that about people, but there's definitely some over the years that come on with the wrong idea of what the show is about, right? Or they, or some guys that come on thinking they're just going to get to hook up with their partner, and when they don't get that, they get a little uh, eh, less fun to be around. Um, but then there's also people that come on and they're just entirely too competitive, Entirely too competitive. Like they forget that, that it's possible? about your personality and the chemistry and the, all the things at the same time. And they come on and they just are just hungry to win and all the fun is taken out of it. And so there's been a couple of guys like that over the past. Um, oddly, not necessarily the athletes. The athletes are like, man, I've won a Super Bowl. I'm good. I maybe or may, maybe will, maybe won't win this trophy. Alex, but that would 100 percent be you. Oh you'd yeah, be too competitive. <laughs> It'd be really. What bad. do you think you'd be like on the show? Now you you watch James go through this, right? Sure you watch the whole experience. You know how hard it is. Let me explain something to you. You know what it takes. You. you know I'm going to demand your time for like 12 hours a day. Let me explain something to you. <clears throat> and I'm going to boss you around at a lot. One, at one point, there was a conversation that I was going to be doing it the year James did it. And let me tell you, that is the best thing that could have ever happened for the Verizon IndyCar series and my life. Because I would have been the absolute worst person to do that show and we would have gone home on week one. They wouldn't have even let us go on. Like, I feel like they would have seen our rehearsal and been like, nope, you're just out. Rick, like, Rick Perry, really, Rick Perry would have been right. like, oh, I'm good for a couple weeks. No, but you can't. Argue. Oh, my God, that's, <laughs> that's why just, Rick was our season. No, that's just like not that. not something that would really float my boat. <clears throat> so um, anyways. Don't knock it till you try it. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm not. I'll go uh, I'll go watch. It was great to watch. Did I ever tell um, you that Mikhail, a lotion my old teammate, actually was supposed to be on the Russian version of the show? Really? The same year? No, a couple years before. Okay. And he did the first like two or three or four rehearsals before I don't think he made the first show and he was like, No, nah, forget this, I'm out. I'm never right. I, I can't um, do this, I'm not doing this. Yeah, no, that would yeah. have been about me. There was yeah. there have been people that try and get out of it and they can't because you can't. Like once you start, that's it. In in Russia there are ways. <laughs> that's a good point. Different kind of place. <laughs> so kind of final dancing with the stars question. Um yeah. who was the most like just naturally talented person that you were partnered with, like from day one? From, I mean, that's, that's an interesting question, right? Because there are people that come on that already have dance experience. So for example, I had Nick Carter, who was a Backstreet Boy. He had a lot of training when it came to dance. He could pick up choreography really well. He was, he was awesome to teach. But as honestly, as far as people that come on with no dance experience and have a natural uh, gift of learning how to dance, I'd say it was James. He didn't have natural groove, don't get me wrong. It's not natural groove, but he had a natural way of, and a great way to learn how to dance and to, at the end of the week, you know, turn what on a Tuesday looked like a hot mess into a really beautiful dance. Well, not only that, but like his That's personality, his personality is so suited for that and like being for sure. someone who people fall in love with. So yeah, it's very nice. Good job. Yeah. Worked, worked he's, on you. He's yeah. I, he's I. Yeah. You used yeah. to hate me. <laughs> uh, Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Right, Look how far we've come. We just now hate Tim. <laughs> Who had the least? Honestly, this yeah. is going to make you laugh, Bubby. Really? Wow. Yep. Bubby came in, and because he was also so afraid of it, and he had no, he even like put it this way, he got so nervous of it that even though he's musically inclined, right? He listens to music. He plays music. He sings. Once he would start dancing, it was just white noise in his brain. He couldn't hear the music over the fact that he was panicking so much about what he had to do. So as far as natural dance ability, he had the least, but he had probably the most heart. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. there's, there's really something to be said about that for, for this show and just being able to go out there and honestly say, I am so bad at this. But hopefully I'm going to inspire other people that are terrified of doing something they think they can't do. And that put the button on the message, the fact that we won, you know. Um, but I would say in my week one, no, day one, day one, rehearsal one. And Bobby and I have talked about this. He's even said it on his own show. I stood there and I was like, dear God, how am I going to get this man to dance? It took me four hours to teach him eight counts. What's, put it what's, that way. What's that? One, One, two, two three, three, four. Oh, four, I couldn't five, get past five, four. Six. Yeah. Well, we've got eight. six gears in the like... car, so tell me you at least can count to six. No, I can count there. Okay. I just don't think I can remember that much. Okay, count it with me. Yeah. Dude, no. Like, you know how people are like, oh, just, you know, clap to the beat. It's like, what, what's that? <laughs> what's the beat? What is the beat? I don't get it. Like, I'm so impressed <laughs> and in awe of people who can play instruments. Like, I would love to be able to, like, just play two or three songs on a piano or something. Me just then, too. Just, I would love just that. Just be able to play Edmund Fitzgerald on guitar. You know, like of if we could just pick one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but wait. I thing. should. I 
Wait, I should clarify. I'm not saying Bobby was the worst. He had the least amount of natural talent. Before people like come at me on my yeah, social yeah. media, like no, no, you, no. you, you hammered, you hammered Bobby. It's not. He had the least natural talent, and he's the one that panicked the most. But, but like you say, that definitely that, wasn't. That makes the progression and the end result all the more impressive. That on day one, yeah, you're exactly. like, I'm working yeah. with less out of the box, but obviously yeah. someone that was willing and able to learn and get better. And and that's the yeah. whole point, right? That's the whole point yeah. of the show. It's the journey yeah, of how you exactly. get from day one to day whenever you go home. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he did improve a lot, honestly. Uh, and I, I learned how to teach him. You know, it wasn't so much about creating things that had to be so structured and strict in his movement, but creating moments where Bobby could be Bobby and what whatever he did, it would work, you know, so it didn't overwhelm him with having to do at some point a minute 50, by the way, a minute 50 of cha-cha is the longest thing I've ever done on Dance with the Stars. That's overwhelmingly, that's an overwhelming amount of steps. Uh, and so I had to give him moments where Bobby could just do Bobby. Uh, and it was, yeah, it, it, we had a great journey, though. It was so impressive that he's the one that took it home at the end of the day, you know. So where is this trophy? Where do you keep it? Is it like... Oh, Tim. So it's like, it's right here. It's yeah. right in the... Oh, really? Hold. I just posted a picture on our... Uh... <laughs> just like a subtle, a subtle, uh, right. like, surprise <laughs> guest oh, coming up. So heavy. Can... can I please just say that this is... Wow. 13 pounds. Feels 13 pounds. Looks like it's hefty. It's so hefty girthy. and so heavy. She's, she's <laughs> girthy. girthy. Why is that such a dirty word? That's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just... It's yeah. It is. It is, though. Uh, it is, though. Yeah, it is, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, I side with Tim on this one. Um... <laughs> Well, we, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Sharna. We don't do that on that on this show. You can't. Oh, so as much fun as this. Oh, you're been, not allowed to um, side with Tim. That's not a thing we allow on off track. Not a thing. Got it. It's my bad. That's all right. I I'm learning, guys. Show, I'm learning. So. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 13 pounds, and she was basically on tour the last like two weeks after the show. Uh, Dominican Republic, New York, kind of went everywhere with me because people wanted to see it. And now I'm about to take her back to Australia. Yeah. So what's what's the what's the coolest thing you got to do as a result of I won't even say winning because there's actually like you told me a story earlier and I kind of want to just revisit it for the sake of the audience. Um, one of the coolest things you got to do kind of as a result maybe of Bobby being your partner and his connection to the country music world. If you see where I'm going. Yes, you mean the CMAs, right? The CMAs. Oh, oh you my went to God. those? She presented. Went, you what? went to it. Sorry. Dude, I presented. I like. I don't have I the internet. That's, I don't have the internet. I walked out on stage and had to say things. That's amazing. And, and tell and tell someone that they won an award. I was just. It was the most amazing moment. You know, I'm sitting in the front row of the CMAs, which is if that isn't enough. Like, all these country music stars are coming up to me. They know my name. I so I'm geeking out at this point. Like sure. Chris Stapleton knows my name. What? Uh, Garth Brooks tells me that I looked stunning and I completely froze. I had no words. I didn't know what to say to him. I was like, that's Garth Brooks. Like that's my yeah. childhood. I don't know. I don't know how to deal with this right now. <laughs> sure. I was, so, I was such a starstruck idiot and sitting in the front row of the CMAs. And then I had to go up and present and say things. Um, and didn't and Nicole really, Kidman really say hello and like yes, Nicole and Keith Nicole were like, Kidman oh, and Keith people. knew who I was. No, Nicole and Keith knew who I was. I referenced Keith when I was up there on stage. I was, you know, gave him a little shout out. I felt very cool. But he, like, he's married. He's married. You could no, <laughs> to Nicole. That wasn't actually, what so. I meant. That wasn't what I meant. 
Uh, and then as I'm up there and we, we do the first part and you go walk out onto the stage and you say the whole first thing and they really, they're really strict about wanting you to say exactly what's on the teleprompter. Right. right. So they make you go back and they make you rehearse it over and over again. Make sure you're good. They changed some of the words cause I kept saying it differently and they were like, okay, we'll just, we'll change that real quick. I was like, well, why are we so strict about this? I got out there, said none of it. I said all my own things. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that gave so, them all a complete. So how did you enjoy your last time presenting at the CMA? <laughs> yeah. it's, like our, it's like our last time talking oh, to astronauts, oh, James. Yeah, yeah. right? Oh, I my, heard about no, that. No, actually, Tim, that was your fault because you didn't forward on the no, email. No, your, your thing was your fault. They were mad about James asking if they pee their spacesuits. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, it was amazing. It was really, really amazing. And uh, one of the coolest things that I've got to do. And, you know, people come into your life for a reason. Uh, and there are there are a few people throughout my seven years on Dancing with the Stars that will be in my life forever. James, obviously, is one of them. He's like my long lost brother. Uh, and Bobby is going to be another one. You know, we, we, of course, we bonded because we won together. And so that's really special too. But at the same time, there's just... There's something about, you know, him and I and our friendship and it's 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 like we're 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 great friends and we're we're great friends because of the show, but we're also so invested in seeing each other be successful in what they do and so he wants to help me and I wanna help him and at some point we'd love to do something together. For sure. Uh, and it's just a really, really beautiful connection that I got to make because of what I do and I'm really grateful for that. Okay. I think like one last important question. Yes. Any pre-show rituals? Oh, yeah. So, you, I mean, we had ours, right? Our shot of tequila before it. But do you know how many partners I've had that don't drink now since you? It's devastating. Oh, that's that's, so that's what weird. I did before this episode. <laughs> like, who doesn't want a shot of tequila before they dance? Apparently, a lot of people don't drink. Here's the thing. I get why somebody wouldn't want to maybe do a shot before doing the terrifying task of dancing on live television and in front of a live audience. Ooh, but it but makes for me, it, so it like, better. calmed me down. Like, it made me able yeah. to, like, like, all right, lights on. Let's do this. So yeah. I, I obviously was for it. So then here's the question. Do you just, like, do you? You still do one before? Oh, the I show? drink a whole bottle before the show. You know, I just like throw this out just, there. You know, Casamigos, down it goes. I live around the corner from where you guys record. If you need somebody to do shots of tequila with you before the show, like I, I volunteer. You volunteer? Okay. Yeah. I uh, no, that that ritual kind of went. Uh, it kind of it kind of went out the window a little bit after you, which was a shame because there's uh, who did I dance with after you? Was it Antonio? Uh, it was Bonner next, wasn't it? Ooh. He he and I did not do shots together. Okay. Uh, Antonio doesn't drink like think, that. Yeah, I think Antonio was before me. Oh, I can't even remember. Bobby doesn't drink. Uh, there's a lot of people that just didn't drink, and so it didn't happen. And then it's also like we had a very special connection already you know what i mean so we were just on the same page all the time and we were just sharing in that moment and so we bonded through that but for for some people it's just not like that that soon and then i don't know everyone has their own process some people so, just want to sit alone with their headphones on and listening to the song you know what i mean so, so everyone's different so no, so you don't have any of your own personal ones that you just do you kind of go off of if there's something that you and your partner are Pick up yeah, or... I, I think I'm, I don't have any rituals. I honestly, I'm just too worried about what my partner's going through and making sure they're good and getting them what they need. 
you know, for this last season, it was making sure that Bobby had food throughout the day because he'd forget to eat. And then we'd get to the show and it's not that he'd be hangry, but he would be like a little bit out of it if he didn't yeah. eat enough food. So my for ritual sure. was making sure that he'd, he'd eat. Um, and that, yeah, everybody's a little bit different. I sort of mold to whatever that person needs. So my rituals kind of go out the window. There you go. Yeah. There you go. James, do you have, when, do you have any rituals? Last... I'm just curious. Before what? Before a race. I usually take a nap. Yeah. All right. Well, we have one more question we ask every guest. Uh, guys, you want to ask her? No, no. You're doing you a great job. Ahead. Yeah, you, you just kind of took it amongst yourself to so run whatever. the show. So why don't you go ahead and do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we like to ask everybody, what is the fastest you've ever driven? I think James was behind me on the freeway. When I, was driving. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, behind, yeah. Sorry, James was leading. No, I, I no, the fastest I, I was doing the speed limit, damn it. That's that was the issue here. Oh, that's what she's saying. Yeah, I wasn't. I really, <laughs> I mean, I always do the speed limit. Always. I, uh, I, um, I don't know, probably. Okay, I know this in kilometers, but probably like 170 kilometers an hour. No, just, okay, I just, okay, so that's like 100, that like 105 ish. 106 uh, miles yeah oh maybe um not that fast but again it is kind of fast when you're just in a car on the freeway yeah, yeah. No, that's so there quick. wasn't um, there wasn't like this moment where you know you did an insane speed and you remembered it it's just kind of like i've probably been 100 miles an hour before no i just know i was an idiot teenager in my car driving <laughs> like right. on the free on the highway from wagga wagga to sydney sometimes and it was open road it's a and brutal I drive i'll tell you what wagga wagga yeah that wagga wagga to sydney wagga gets you every time brutal. let me tell you but, especially uh, during that time of year so there is this button in my car right that if you push it it's on the steering wheel i accidentally push it sometimes if you push it it won't let you go over the speed limit in the area and the other day I'd accidentally pushed it and I'm so not used to having that button on. And I pushed it and I was like, what's wrong with my car? It won't go faster. It's like, it's stuck. It's stuck in it. What, what's happening with my car? I realized I pushed the button and I was so just trying to go faster than Tesla? the speed limit. No, I have a Range Rover. Oh, I would love a Tesla. See, see, I told you that the world isn't coming. People still want to buy like gas I, engine vehicles. I still want to buy gas engine vehicles. I'm just telling you at some point, electric cars are going to reign supreme it's just yes. it's just fact not in your life i agree with that i agree no with that. it won't be it won't be the majority in my lifetime right. but it'll it'll start creeping up and it'll be the majority probably not long after so but in my lifetime <laughs> not that much older okay on that note wait like Rossi, to... how old are you he is 27 15. oh you're 27 are you 28 no i'm 27 I was born in 91, so yeah, 27. Man, we did. Oh my God, you're a 90s baby. Oh, I know. God, that makes me you feel say it with such disgust. Aren't they gross? Yeah, because I'm disgusted at the year that I was born. That's what that <laughs> is. Fair enough. 85. <laughs> I like 86. It's a, it's a good number. It's okay a good number. number. Yeah. It's, yeah. I actually well, you, like what, it. You couldn't you, pay me to go 90, back to my 91. 90s. 91. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's a good year for music. I remember <laughs> Dance Mix 91. <laughs> great, great, great album. Great album. Anyway, on that bombshell, <laughs> we would like to uh, very much thank Ms. Charna Burgess for coming on the show. Sorry you had to yeah. tolerate Thim in person, no less. That makes it all the worse, and we apologize. But we appreciate your time, and uh, I know the fans love hearing from you. And, uh, and yeah. I'm going to go download some dance uh, workout videos now. 
You, yeah. Do that's, it. Yeah, we'll just, let's we'll, go. Like walk into pit fit tomorrow and just start doing our own warm up, and it's just like that would be, start a stitch. Can we please do that? <laughs> we should have James that. will be that able be to help amazing. you. One of them, one of them is Jive. James can help you with that. One of them is Jive. Thanks for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is very roughly produced by Tim Durham. The music you heard today is from Brian Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is askofftrack, or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And if for some twisted, deranged reason you'd want to follow Tim, you can find him at the Tim Durham. Are true. With overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.